welcome to this edition of Popular Technology Radio. I am Mike Etchard. Happy to have you here today. We got a bunch of fun stuff to cover here this summer's day as summer is kind of slowly creeping by. Hard to believe that we're already in August. Ay-yay-yay-yay-yay. You know, if you had joined us last week, we had our good friend Jeff Morrison on talking about this upcoming merger, potential merger, we should say, of T-Mobile and Sprint. And we referenced a lot about that AT&T merger that I guess that just happened, was that just last year? I guess it was just last year. And the impact of that, and wouldn't you know it, our good friend who writes for the Los Angeles Times, David Lazarus, had a big article yesterday about AT&T's promise of better pay TV prices and service is bordering on the absurd. So it's been a year, and we are going to talk about that today. If you are somehow touched by AT&T, and now with all of these acquisitions, we all are. I know I have AT&T cellular service. I used to work for Warner Brothers, which is now owned by AT&T. We all watch, of course, Warner Brothers movies. AT&T owns DirecTV, so we've got that going on if you are a AT&T, they own HBO, they own everything. And how is that working out for those of us that pay AT&T monthly fees? And as you can guess, and we'll talk a little bit more about this as the show goes on, it's not going very, very well. If there, if you recall, there was the government really didn't want that to happen. When the merger was proposed, all those companies said the deal would be great for consumers who would benefit from lower prices and improved service. The Justice Department said, not so fast. That's probably not going to happen. And with that much market power, what's going to happen? Of course, price hikes and channel blackouts were all but inevitable. And of course, the government was right. But what changed it and what got it through was that There was a federal judge that ruled he had done a 172-page decision that said there was little to fear from the vertical merger AT&T and Time Warner were proposing. Little to fear. Little to fear. And he took him 172 pages to actually make that clear and say why that was. But, of course, here we are, and that is not the case at all. And it's just shocking that somebody would have thought that anything but the obvious would have happened. But that is exactly what did happen. And so here now we have this behemoth of AT&T. And if you're old enough to remember, back in the day, the government broke up AT&T. This must have been in the late 70s or early 80s, the breakup of AT&T into all these baby bells. And like a science fiction movie, they broke up all these companies and the companies kind of morphed back together. And here we have the giant behemoth AT&T back, stronger and more powerful than ever. They not only control the content, the creation of the content, but they also control the delivery of that content. And I am just kind of stunned that anybody would think anything different. I don't know how anybody could come to any other conclusion other than saying it's going to be bad for consumers no matter how you slice it. Of course, the companies AT&T and Time Warner said, no, 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 no. That is A-OK. It's not going to happen. It's going to be great for consumers. But here we are. And so we're going to talk about that today. We're going to have our good friend Brent Butterworth from The Wirecutter on to chat a little bit about that and more things. But it's important to remember in light of this proposed merger of Sprint and T-Mobile that and maybe anything moving forward that these mergers of behemoth companies 
it's just really never works out for consumers at all. Works it's great for shareholders. It's great for titans of industry that are merging their companies, but it sure isn't good for us consumers. So we will kind of hash around with that and you know, give you a chance to kind of think about it and how the new AT&T is touching so many people owning all of HBO and all of the Warner Brothers properties and, of course, their distribution and, and satellite and all of that stuff. It is pretty stunning how big that company is now. And, you know, it's kind of like you can't put the toothpaste back in the tubes now that they have merged. It would take a lot to get that to be broken up. So... And I don't know if there is a political will at the moment to do that. But I think, you know, as consumers, we're getting hosed. And so it's super, super important for all of us to at least remember that in case another giant merger comes our way. So on that note, that's what we're going to start talking about today. Uh, so let's take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we've got Brent Butterworth. We're going to be talking about mergers and AT&T, the behemoth that is, and some other stuff that Brent is working on for the wire cutter. A lot of great stuff, so stick around. You are listening to Pop Tech Radio. We are coming back right after these words. Cancer is the number one cause of death by disease for children in the U.S. today. Since the Austin Hatcher Foundation's birth in 2006, it has grown to provide unique programs to help the children and the families affected by pediatric cancer. Support begins at the time of diagnosis and continues throughout survivorship at no cost to families. Lives touched by the foundation continue to rise each day. But we need your help. Donate, volunteer, or partner with the Austin Hatcher Foundation. Learn how you can get involved. Visit HatcherFoundation.org for more information. Hey, welcome back, everyone. It is Pop Tech Radio, Mike Edchart, with my good friend, Brent Butterworth. Of course, he is the editor of Soundstage Solo, the great headphone website. He's a staff writer at The Wirecutter, another great website. And he is a man about town. Brent, how the heck are you today on this lovely summer day? I am doing pretty good because I am inside on this lovely summer day. <laughs> and And the roof is off my house right now, so... None of that heat's building up in the attic, and so it's nice and cool in my house, even though it's like really hot outside. So. Now, now I called you today before we got on the phone, and we went through this it's, uh, that you're getting a new roof, and I said, uh, "Well, that's interesting, Brent. You know, it's kind of an expensive endeavor." And you said, "Well, I'm, you know, insurance is paying for that." I'm like, really? And you told me I'm going to ask you to repeat it because it is such a bizarre story. Now, I will say that you live in the greater Los Angeles area. Mm-hmm. And you are getting your roof covered under insurance because, well, you know, the whole time I've lived in LA, I've lived here since 2002, and I'm up in the San Fernando Valley. Until May, I had literally heard two thunderclaps the entire time I've been here, because we just don't get heavy storms like that. No. So weirdly, back in May, I'm sitting here with my dog, who I just imported from Houston, and I promised her she'd never hear thunder again because <laughs> you know she freaks out. And all of a sudden, it starts thundering like crazy. There's like 10 or 12 thunderclaps. I'm like, what is going on? And I look out the window, and I notice that the wind is blowing, and there's some rain, but it's all horizontal. And I'm thinking like, oh, wow, this is a tornado, I think. But by the time I got to thinking, like, what am I supposed to do during a tornado? It blew over. And so I didn't think anything of it, but I had heard some rumbling around on top of my roof. And I didn't know what it was. So 
later on, I went out and I realized there was just debris all over my yard and a whole bunch of my plants had been ripped out of the ground and thrown down the street. And some of my neighbor's trees had lost a few limbs, but most of the damage seemed to have been confined to my house. And I later found out like Disneyland had shut down all the rides at the same time. And there were a lot of isolated incidents, but it was basically like a miniature tornado that kind of hit my house and really for the most part, didn't touch my neighbor's houses that much, but it tore up some of my roof tiles and the damage wasn't that great, but they're old roof tiles. They don't make them anymore. So they have to replace the whole roof. (laughs) So you are the only person I know in the greater Los Angeles area that has ever been struck by a tornado. It is really weird. You may be the only person ever to be have struck by a tornado in the greater Los Angeles area. (laughs) Ever. Well, it was, And, you know, it was such an isolated, I think it was like a little vortex that just, I think it probably just dropped down, hit my house and moved on. And, uh, (laughs) but it was enough to do a decent amount of damage. You know, all my plants aren't covered or anything, but at least the house is covered. So, yeah, weird thing. But there's a big acoustical advantage now and that, you know. I'm going to get Energy Star shingles and stuff like that, and I'm getting some other improvements. And so my house will be cooler, so I won't have to run the air conditioning as much, so I won't have that noise for my audio system to fight with. There you go. That is a a half-full kind of guy right there. I love that. Yeah. Very sweet. All good. Very sweet. Now, in the midst of all of this, Mm -hmm. sure, you were shocked as I was shocked, Brent, to see... When the AT and T, when the AT and T and Time Warner merger happened, and a judge came up and said, you know, no, there's little to fear from the vertical merger of AT and T and Time Warner. And then, right after that merger was approved, Brent, are you sitting down? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sitting down. Yeah. Prices, yeah. AT and T services went up, and. Uh, I am just shocked. Uh, you know, DirecTV satellite service went up for five bucks a month. Uh, DirecTV Now, their streaming service went up by ten dollars a month. And then, was it more than six point five million of AT and T's DirecTV and Uverse Pay customers are currently cut off from CBS channels because AT and T says CBS wants too much money for its programming. Yeah. So, who in their right mind would ever think that a merger like that would not hose consumers? Well, you know, judges, for the most part, don't have MBAs. (laughs) You know, there's a lot of things. I mean, judges are great and everything. Don't get me wrong. But there's some things that, that given their limited resources and everything, they don't have a chance to dig deep into. So, yeah, it was a mistake. And although here's the here's the weird thing to me, though, is that people are just I mean, I know so many people who are just abandoning uh, cable and satellite. Right. And, I mean, just so many people of of all ages. I mean, for kids, it's like a complete non-starter. I mean, they don't even use TV sets for the most part. Right. But, and, you know, they watch YouTube and not a whole lot else. But, you know, even a lot of people I know who are people that are older than me, people that are in their 60s are saying, I'm tired of these cable bills. I'm just going to drop it. Yeah. Hold that thought. thought. I'm just going to take a quick break. Talking to Brent, by the way, he's from The Wire Cutter, of course, and he's also from Soundstage Solo. We've got more when we come back at Pop Tech Radio. If you drive a car, contacts the street. If you try to sit, Brembo has been stopping champions on the track as well as drivers like you and me on the street for over 50 years. 
Whether it's UV-coated brake discs, low-dust premium ceramic brake pads, or high-temperature brake fluid, BremboStoreUSA.com is the place to go to buy genuine Brembo OE-equivalent replacement brake components. Go to BremboStoreUSA.com to help you achieve that 60-0 braking performance you deserve and expect from Brembo. Brembo, the choice of champions and consumers for over 50 years. Optic Radio, we are back. Mike Etchart, Brent Butterworth from The Wire Cutter and Soundstage Solo. Had to cut you off there for a commercial break, Brent. I'm sorry, but you were saying that so many people are cutting the cord these days that all of these big behemoths that have gotten fat and happy on our monthly bills are not so much. But I'm just feeling in the case of my Spectrum bill, even if I don't have Spectrum television services, that they just get it somehow in my internet bill. So it's it's still really hard to keep it below mm-hmm. 100 bucks a month. The thing is, I would think that AT&T would be losing their leverage and trying to find ways to make customers happier rather than to make customers more miserable. Because usually when a company starts to lose its leverage in the marketplace, they start to treat their customers a little bit better because they have to. Now, at and kind of doing exactly the opposite And I'm going to guess that it's run by people that don't really quite realize what's going on. Or maybe it's their last gasp when they're like, we're going to take these people for all they're worth while we can. And then too bad later on. Yeah. Well, it'd be interesting to see. And we've talked about this quite a bit on the show, actually, you know, when AT&T is certainly not known for entertainment. And so now that they are content creators, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out, if it's going to change the way Warner Brothers or HBO or any of these properties create their content with kind of bean counters overseeing it now. And we already saw the guy's name escapes me. One of the head guys at HBO who's been there for 30 years. And as soon as the merger and relatively soon after he stepped down, um, you know, will we ever see a game of Thrones type epic television and financial commitment like that again with the new, no pun intended, overlords of AT&T overseeing all this stuff. I don't really know the answer. I mean, I think, you know, ultimately the bad thing about AT&T and Time Warner merging is this combination of content creators and content distribution. You're already seeing, you know, the kind of the bickering between the different content creators and the other providers CBS is too expensive, HBO is too expensive, and you know, the kind of blocks. It's just bad for consumers at the end of the day. And It is. It feels to me like this is something that is just going to further change people's habits. Since they're already starting to drift away from, not, not drift away, they're starting to abandon with glee um, <laughs> the cable and satellite providers because they all hate them. Of course, some of those same, I mean, AT&T is my internet provider. But, yeah, I could, I could get somebody else if I wanted to. You know, I'm in Los Angeles. We had, do have some options here. But I, I always think that, look, there's going to be somebody doing something good all the time because at least content creation isn't that expensive anymore. And, and, and when you were asking about Game of Thrones, I thought, well, yeah, they'll do a fully digital thing with digital actors and cut their costs. You know, who knows what will happen. But, you know, there's always going to be artists who want to do something and, storytellers who want to tell a story and they'll find a way to tell the story. So I don't worry too much about that. And also I didn't like Game of Thrones. Too violent. Oh, no. so, 
I'm not. <laughs> I'm not really lamenting. Oh uh, no, 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 no! Now, now you've really uncovered a scab there. That's. Yeah, I, I but was, but uh, will there ever be another Battlestar Galactica? I mean, <laughs> I'm kind of pining for that. Wow, um, that's pretty that was awesome. I thought, but that's a long time ago, and there's there hasn't been to me anything as as compelling for that long since then. Wow, Battlestar so, Galactica, you you. Know, you going back in time but all of this and we you know our mutual friend jeff morrison joined us last week and we were kind mm-hmm. of you know mentioning the at&t time warner thing in response to the sprint and t-mobile merger is back on the front burner now it still may not get through and, and happen but it's it certainly looks better than it has in a long time and again, you know, that's what the Department of Justice was agonizing over was, you know, taking it down from four to three. And now they've come up with this kind of oddball proposal where Dish Network will get some of T-Mobile's assets, I think it's T-Mobile's assets, and be this fourth network kind of cobbled together. But that's not going to work out for consumers either. It really isn't. And I would love to see a sort of blanket almost assumption that these are always going to be bad things for consumers i mean can you think of one of these mergers that worked for consumers absolutely not not a single one of them i mean you know way better than i do coming out of the music industry there's always going to be people that try to make a lot of money by serving other people entertainment and they're going to try to they're sort of an intermediary between the artist and the and the audience and i'm just going to say that industry tends to be populated by people that are pretty ruthless about getting every possible penny they can out of the consumer. Yeah. I mean, I'm right, right? Yes, you are. So <laughs> um, I think it's sort of the nature of, of the business. I have to say, I'm so happy because, you know, I was a cable cutter. Oh, gosh. I mean, I haven't really consistently had cable or satellite since 1994. Wow. Three. All right. You're going way back. Um and I had a hacked cable box, and I stole cable back then. So <laughs> until they turned me off. Well, they left it turned on when I moved into my apartment in New York, and a friend of mine got me a box. And I, a long time ago, statute of limitations just run out, I'm sure. But no, I haven't had any of that stuff for ages. But now it's not really even a sacrifice. I can even get onto my Roku stick and watch like the CBS Evening News mm-hmm. without bothering. So to me, you know, the fact that I can just pop on my Roku stick and, and get – any number of entertainment options i feel like there's there's always something on you know maybe a challenge to find it but you know there's just so much stuff in there it's and and and, you know whereas i go to my mom's place and i watch her cable and there's nothing i want to watch on there and on that note we do need to take a break because we are talking to brent butterworth we are talking a little bit about content and other things and we've got more when we come back Now's the time to join the Brotherhood of Muscle because we're offering Dodge Power Dollars, which means for each horsepower, you'll get $10 off. Roll out in the Challenger SRT Hellcat Red Eye and get $7,970 off. Maybe you'll take off in a Dodge Charger or share your summer in a Durango. Hurry into the Dodge Summer Clearance event now and save. See dealer for details. Take refund delivery from dealer stock by 9319. Dodge is a registered trademark of FCA US LLC.
And we are back. Popular Technology Radio. Mike Etchar, Brent Butterworth, he of thewirecutter.com. And of course, he's the editor at Soundstage Solo, only the best headphone review website there is out there. So, Brent, shall we put a bow on it and say big mergers never work? And lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of people are cutting the cord, so to speak. But everybody still has a $100 a month bill at least for said privilege of something, right? You, you got an internet connection. You're going to have Netflix maybe or something similar and maybe something else. So it's kind of – it's still super hard to shave any True. seriously below 100 bucks. Yeah, because I'm even counting my stupid phone. I'm paying 50 for internet. I have Hulu, which I get for free because I subscribe to Spotify. Okay, right. And then I have Amazon Prime, which I pay whatever I pay for that. Yeah. And then, I mean, of course, I get a lot of other benefits. Yeah, they're not purely a content provider, but they do provide content. One of my favorite shows right. is on that, Bosch. I love that show. Yeah, so it's hard to stay under 100 bucks. bottom line. And it's going to even be harder as we roll into the summer, and we're going to have the new Disney, what's it called, Disney Plus, I think. Their, you know, their subscription service, um, and I think HBO is going to go up, I've been told. Um, although with Game of Thrones gone, I'm not sure I'm going to stay with HBO. Um, but if you have a Netflix, if you have a similar thing, and then, of course, there's going to be another AT&T service coming that's going to be a similar Thing to Disney Plus and to Netflix, it's just hard to stay under a hundred bucks. Bottom line, and that's yeah. music, including music, which is, I mean, I, as a musician, both of us and and you know the music music subscription services, while not great for musicians, <laughs> but great for consumers because it's so wonderful to have all the world's music essentially for give or take ten bucks a month. True and. You know, I have to say, it, in a way, it is good for musicians because anybody with the wherewithal, with the drive to do it, can get their music out there to the public yep. and promote it. And, you know, look, I mean, Justin Bieber got famous and many other people got famous by putting up YouTube videos. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, Justin Bieber, it's kind of hard to argue with that level of uh, <laughs> Yet I shall. Uh, no, but not, not today. Art. But, but I, what, I wanted, what I wanted to chat with you about, of course, is... I'm actually going to a concert at the end of the month, uh, a couple of them, actually. And as I get older, and uh, believe it or not, I am getting older, I am an earplug wearer at concerts these days. Mm -hmm. And lo and behold, the Wirecutter did a piece that just went up a couple of days ago, actually, the best earplugs for concerts. Yeah. And we did a huge amount of work on this. Lauren Dragon, who's the headphone editor at Wirecutter, really talked to hearing experts. She talked to the director of hearing health for the World Health Organization. Wow. And, um, and what we were shocked to find is that, you know, they have a lot of these sort of musicians earplugs and earplugs for concerts and things like that. And we were really shocked to find that on one level, there's fantastic product out there, but it's very expensive. It's these custom molded things that you can mm -hmm. fit in your ear, and they have interchangeable filters. So you can filter out, you can decide how much attenuation you want. But then there's a whole bunch of other products that really kind of just makes the sound really dull. And as a musician, you know, I'm a double bass player, so I got to play in tune with everybody else. I got to hear them to play in tune with them. And I found, I tested so many of these things on my gigs, and I'm, I had to take them out because 
they were dulling the sound so much, but the custom ones don't dull the sound that much. And, um, and you can get less attenuation. That's one thing we talked to an audiologist named Dr. Julie Glick, who's kind of famous here in LA for, you know, working with a lot of rock stars. And she said the earplugs to get are the ones that you will want to wear. Yeah. Um, Cause she said, if you, if you don't like them, if you don't, if they're not comfortable or you don't like the way the music sounds, when you have the earplugs in, you're not going to wear the earplugs. But we did find a few, and I've always found so many of these earplugs, you know, that you buy in the music store, like, just never worked for me. And, but we went through a whole bunch of them, and I ran measurements on them, which is, you know, probably the first time anybody's actually run measurements on these things, and to see how effective they are. And um, we found some for, that are really pretty affordable, and they're very cool, and... Um, like cool looking and like it's a neat, it's a really neat and well thought out product called Loop. I don't know where you buy them. For. You can get them on Amazon. You go go to the Wirecutter website yeah, and you can, we have we have a link there that you can buy them through. Yep, Amazon from Amazon and from Loop. Yeah, and so there, it's like a little resonating. It's a loop. It looks like an earring almost. It does, but and it look, kind it, of fits within your ear. Yeah, yeah, it fits within your ear. It fits fully within your earlobe. But it's really easy to get out. There's no damage that'll be shoved deep into your ear or anything. And it uses like normal earphone tips like you use on your, your Sennheiser or uh, Sony earphones. And um, that little chamber sort of tunes the sound and it is pretty good. And you know, they're 30 bucks. We've just fell in love with them and everybody, we had a panel of people who used them for whatever purposes they felt like. And everybody just fell in love with them and uh, and you can get them in like different finishes and stuff like that. Um, and I, I, I got them. I basically, you know, I have the fancy custom ones, which are about two hundred and fifty dollars. Mm-hmm. What you because you have to get custom molds. You have to go to an audiologist, and they have to make the molds of your ears, and they send them off to the companies and all this stuff. So those are really expensive, and for musicians, they're absolutely worth it. But um, I keep these things in my car now, just in case I go to a show. And it's too loud or I, you know, sometimes I rehearse once in a while with like big bands and octets with a lot of horn players. Mm-hmm. And man, if you think rock guitar players are loud, horn players are way worse. Yes. <laughs> You're standing there. Way worse. Yes. I will take a Marshall stack over a trumpet any day, <laughs> but you know, I always have these in my car now so I can just pop them in and not end up with my ears hurting at the end of the day or the end of the night. It, it, it's when you're young, it's fun and cool that your ears are ringing the next day. But boy, when you when you now know the damage that that causes, it's really well. Yeah, you you got to be careful. Yeah, and one day, one day you're going to wake up and you're going to hear that ringing all the time. That's right. No, absolutely. I'm not. So, hold, hold that thought. Let's take a quick break. We're talking to Brent Butterworth. We're talking about concert earplugs and ear protection and other things. We should all be aware of. So, on that note, we're going to take a quick break. You're listening to Pop Tech Radio. Stay right there. We're coming right back. Have you ever tried to plan a vacation and the hotel costs, airfare, and pet sitter all add up to one big never mind? 
Well, it's time to embrace the adventure and go RVing instead. GoRVing.com is your one-stop shop for all things RV camping. Browse the different types of RVs, find a rental agent or dealer near you, and compare the costs. Explore more than 16,000 RV parks and campgrounds nationwide, and even plan your menus for the trip. Find out what you've been missing at GoRVing.com. That's GoRVing.com. It's PopTech Radio, Mike Etchart, Brent Butterworth from The Wirecutter and Soundstage Solo is joining us. We're talking about earplugs at concerts, and The Wirecutter's pick is something called Loop Earplugs. You can go to the thewirecutter.com and look up concert earplugs and see them. They're $30 from Amazon and from Loop directly. And Brent, you and I are about the same age. I will tell you the loudest concert I ever went to. And while I'm telling okay. you that, you can tell me the loudest show you ever saw. The loudest concert I remember ever going to was, I'm going to date myself, in 1978, I went to the Neil Young concert at the Fabulous Forum here in Los Angeles, the Russ Never Sleeps tour. And it was devastatingly loud. It was unbelievable. Ironically, my companions and I got in a, a little car accident on the way, and so we were delayed and we decided, you know, should we go for it or not? And we went, and we were an hour and a half late, and the show had just started. There was a raging brush fire here oh boy. in Los Angeles, and Neil Young's house burned down that night in Malibu. And ironically, in the last wow. year, but this was so loud, you know, and, and the form in those days, it's been rehabbed and is now um, much more acoustically done. It was the gymnasium in those days, and it was super, super loud. And, you know, yeah. there that many shows that I saw that were that loud, but boy, that was an incredibly loud one. And that was one where I wish I had earplugs even then recognizing it's like, man, this is even for a concert. This is loud. What is the loudest concert you've ever been to? It is um, not that long ago. And it was in the Santa Barbara Bowl and it was Dead Mouse. And it really blew me away. I only lasted 10 minutes. <laughs> Well, and that's an outdoor. I've forgotten. And a lot of places that are is kind of summer venues that have outdoor music, they have much stricter noise regulations. I'm surprised that that was a loud show. Well, here's the thing: from a hearing damage standpoint, you might think bass is worse, but bass doesn't really damage your hearing. It's the higher frequencies okay. that do. But it was Dead Mouse, and it was Santa Barbara Bowl, and it was outdoors. And I had forgotten to bring any kind of earplugs, and I couldn't even find like a napkin to wad up into my ears or anything like that. Yeah. And plus, everyone was standing. I had a seat, and it was actually sponsored by Sonos, so I got a free ticket anyway. I had a seat, and I'm looking at this seat, and it's down the row of these people, and they're all standing on these they're, they're folding chairs, and they're standing on top of the folding chairs. I'm like, I'm not doing that. So I kind of hung off to the side, but I did marvel. It felt like if someone took a feather pillow and hit you in the chest, that's what this felt like. And that's from a distance of probably about 80 feet. Okay. So I was just like, they can do that? I couldn't believe it. But wow. I would say, other than that, probably uh, Ted Nugent, Cat Scratch Fever Tour. That was pretty loud. <laughs> <laughs> I can only imagine. <laughs> that would have also been about 1978 or 79, I would have guessed. So maybe 80. Yeah. I was in Denver. So that was 78, maybe? And maybe 77, somewhere in there. But, you know, the PAs weren't any good then. And it was really distorted. You couldn't tell what tune they were playing until they started singing. Oh, okay. And 
and there wasn't a lot of bass because they just didn't have the capability to do loud bass back then. Yeah. It is amazing how much better concerts sound now. And they are able to do it with much, much less gear than in the old days. Yeah. So, you know, they've come a long, a long way, you know, but there are still some shows where you're just like, and especially indoor shows. And, you know, if you're going to sometimes to clubs or, or like a lot of kind of aggressive music things, it's torturous in terms of the volume. But it's wonderful you guys actually sat down and did this. And this is the first time I think, I don't recall ever seeing a review for actually for earplugs to wear at concerts. Yeah, well, no one had ever seriously, I think we found, you know, sporadic, uh, you know, a few people that had written about them in, you know, guitar magazines or something. They tried some set of earplugs. They probably got them for free and they worked okay and whatever. Um, but this was the first time somebody's really come in and done a deep dive into it. And I'm just really, uh, I'm really thrilled that we did it. And I think that if nothing else, we're going to hip people to what the issues are and, uh, you know, at least, I mean, you know, find a set of earplugs that works for you and, and use them is, is the answer, whether that's something fancy or something pretty simple. I mean, even some of the real, you know, even foam, you know, those watered up foam things you get for really cheap at the, at Home Depot, they'll, they'll sound horrible because they roll off the high frequencies really bad. So everything's sounds really dull. It's like a speaker with 10 blankets piled on it. Right. But, but it's still better than nothing. And, you know, you can, you can kind of wiggle them out of your ears a little bit to change the, to get a little more high. And you can do stuff. Some attenuation is always better than none. Totally right. And, and again, you know, we, we now know the damage of the ears ringing the next day syndrome. And, you know, that was just yeah. always what you did back in the day when you went to concerts. That was just a given. The next day, your ears would be ringing. And boy, that is just so bad. <laughs> so, well, you know, I got lucky because I was in college and I was with uh, my friend Terry, who's still to this day a professional sax player here in Los Angeles. We were at some show and I was probably 19 or 20. And there was some band playing, and they were pretty loud. And he just grabs a bar napkin, rolls some earplugs. And, the, you know, those are not the best earplugs, but you'll get a few decibels of attenuation out of them. And it's a lot better than nothing. But still, get some good earplugs. They're not that expensive. You can keep them with you all the time. They're not big. They're just a great thing to have. And get a couple sets, in fact, because, you know, you'll forget them and throw a set in the car because it can turn a really horrible intolerable concert that you paid a lot of money for, by the way. I was going to add that. Whatever it costs, the $30, that's a rounding error compared to what we're paying for seats these days. So, Yeah, I mean, if you're going to see some big band, the seats are, I mean, I don't do that kind of thing because I'm a jazz guy, but the seats are $100, $200, something like that, right? Yep. I've paid yeah. uh, double that for different shows. For a high dollars ticket, yeah, you're, you're going to be spending several hundred dollars for decent seats. So, uh, do go to thewirecutter.com. You'll see the article and the best concert headphones. And on that note, we're going to take a quick break. You're listening to Pop Tech Radio. Over the years, automakers have spent a lot of time talking about the future. 
At Kia, they don't sit around dreaming of a better tomorrow because they already made it so that you can have it today. Introducing Kia's lineup of electrified Nero SUVs, the hybrid, the plug-in, and the electric with an EPA-estimated range of 239 miles. Because the future is just the future until we make something of it. Kia, give it everything. 239-mile EPA-estimated range on a full charge. Actual range may vary. Nero EV is in select retailers and select markets with limited availability. back everyone pop tech radio mike etchar brent butterworth from the wire cutter and soundstage solo joining us and uh you know i got a couple college students in my house as a matter of fact and brent i see you've got because you published yesterday yesterday on the wire cutter website headphones and speakers for college students for masking noise and making it now brent we of course are roughly the same age i'm going to say it's been a long time since you've been in a dorm wrong Wrong, <laughs> wrong. Because I've actually been to, uh, you know, they have all these uh, like uh, music camps and stuff at colleges, and a lot of them are all ages. And so I've been to a couple of them, and uh, and when you go to those things, you stay in the dorms. Two summers ago, I actually stayed in the same dorm that I stayed in when I was seventeen years old in oh, the school. You're kidding. And, yeah, so I've been in the dorms, and I've actually, and since a lot of the students at these things are high school kids who are just ready to start college, I've actually talked to them, or they've, they've talked to me. They're always, at, once they figure out I'm an audio expert, they start asking me what speakers to buy and stuff. And so the big issue is they want to block the sound of whoever their roommates end up being, because a lot of them don't know who their roommates are going to be. And so a lot of them think that you can use noise-canceling headphones to do that, but you kind of can't because noise canceling headphones are designed to work on like the low frequency rumble of a jet engine or something like that yeah and that's not what you have in your dorm room in the dorm you have people talking you have people watching tv or whatever it is people watch these days in the dorm room that's something that i talk about a lot in the article is that it's a different thing than you think it is you have to really be combating the higher frequencies more that'll help block voices and we actually recommended a bunch of products that will help you do that but one of the big things is if you get earphones and you buy aftermarket foam tips for them or you buy earphones that have foam tips included because the foam tips will block a lot more noise than those silicone ones will and you can buy foam tips for almost any earphones out there there's a website called complyfoam.com, C-O-M-P-L-Y-F-O-A-M.com, and they have foam tips for pretty much, you know, I'd say probably 75 to 80% of the earphones you're likely to encounter. Really? Oh, interesting. And it's interesting that, like you said, it's different. You know, what you want on an airplane are different frequencies canceled than what you want in a loud noise environment like a dorm room or, or whatever. Makes sense. Yeah. And the nice thing is you can buy these things for, you know, 20 bucks or something. And so they're foam and you squish them, sort of like those, those uh, earplugs you get at Home Depot. You squish them, then you put them in your ears and the foam expands. Right. And a nice side benefit of this is that you get a better seal with the earphones, and usually the earphones will sound better with the phone tips. Yeah. So it's a really good recommendation, and it's cheap enough for pretty much anybody who's going to college, and you can use them with your $20 earphones if you want, or you can use them with fancier ones or whatever you have, but it's a really important thing because you're supposed to be studying, right? <laughs> yeah, well, you're supposed to. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> you're supposed to be studying and you're going to need a little peace and quiet to study. 
and the library closes at some point. So you're <laughs> going to have to have some way to stay fairly quiet. Again, you go to Wirecutter and read all about that stuff too. And we have links to the different, all the different providers. And we talk, of course, it's me. So I talk in great depth about <laughs> all the different acoustical aspects of all this stuff. So. Well, it's a great article too, because you also talk about not only sort of the noise canceling aspects of various earphones, but also you have like some kind of little portable sound bars that you might want to take into a dorm room and some Bluetooth yeah. speakers that you can kind of share and there's small footprint that still sound decent and all those kind of things that, and then it's then the best 32 inch TV, which is now, everyone 32 inch TVs were big. Uh, they are now. Oh, I do. And expensive. Yeah. And expensive. <laughs> I remember the last 32 inch, the last tube television I bought, which was a 32 inch Sony Vega. I think it was 1400 bucks. Wow. Yeah, that sounds about right. Best 32 inch TV, according to you all, is the TCL Roku. And I'm going to guess that that is a little less than $1,400. It is, in fact, I'm looking it up, but now I can't find it. I'm going to guess you could probably get six of them for $1,400. Yeah, well, that actually looks no, like... No, more than six. <laughs> yeah, at some point, well, the list was $199, and it looks like they were, they've been selling for kind of the low hundreds. I mean, like $120. Yeah, $119, yeah. That's... <laughs> okay, we are officially spoiled when you can get a really good decent sized television for $119. But on that note, we do need to call it a day, Brent. I want to thank you for coming on the show. Always great to have you and hear your tornado. It's a pleasure as always. And we'll see how my house looks after the tornado damage is fixed. I'm, I'm also pretty good. These guys are beating their brains out right now. I know absolutely, that. Absolutely. And on that note, folks, do uh, don't forget we are podcasts. So if you want to go back and listen to any old episodes, we are wherever you get your podcasts, which for me is Apple iTunes. Big thanks to Radio America. And big thanks to Cody Castleberry, producer and engineer for the show. So thanks for checking us out this week. We'll be back at the same time next week. For Pop Tech Radio, I'm Mike Etchart. We'll talk to you next time. The big news from Subaru is the three-row Ascent. It's the biggest SUV from Subaru ever. There's room for seven or eight passengers with a choice of second-row captain's chairs or bench seating. It'll tow up to 5,000 pounds. It has interior space you need for your whole crew. And it gets you where you want to go with the safety of a Subaru, including standard symmetrical all-wheel drive. The three-row Subaru Ascent. Love is now bigger than ever. Maximum towing capacity varies by trim level, and trailer brakes may be required. See your retailer for details.